I believe with all of my heart that you were set free from anxiety this morning. If that's something you have been facing, I believe with all my heart you were set free. You know what the enemy does is he tries to convince you otherwise. He tries to convince you otherwise probably as quick as he can. The Bible talks about, Jesus told a parable about the word being like a seed. And if you don't give that seed time to grow, then you won't see fruit from it. He said that a bird of the air could come and steal it. He said that sometimes the cares, he, he compared that to cares of the world coming and taking the word of God away. You have a word. Well, it starts off and it originates before time. And it's written in here that says, you are not a slave to anxiety. You're not a slave to fear. In fact, you have authority over it. You have a word that starts in here that says, you've not been given a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Today, that word was spoken by somebody who had their hands on you, spe speaking that over you, coming into agreement with the word of God. Agreement is so powerful. In the natural world, agreement with two people is enough by itself to put somebody in jail forever. If you agree, I saw this person commit a crime. It's enough to set somebody free from being wrongfully accused. Agreement, you may have never thought about it this way, but agreement is one of the most powerful forces on earth when you don't even involve the Spirit of God. But when you agree within the Spirit and you're agreeing with somebody about the Word, the Bible says that that is like a double-edged sword. It cuts asunder. The word in the Greek for double-edged actually means two-tongued. It gives you the idea of a word spoken and then spoken again. The word was spoken before time began, and today it was spoken again, a double-edged sword. And the enemy's going to try to convince you you weren't set free from anything. The enemy's going to try and convince you it was just a moment. Usually he tries to do that by throwing the very thing you've been set free of back in front of you. I want you to remember that because you're facing fear or anxiety, because you have a challenge in front of you and you're facing it, number one, that doesn't mean it's on the inside of you. It means you're facing it. You got to resist it. Remind yourself and remind the devil while you're at it that even though you're facing it, even though it's trying to get a hold on you, the word is that you've been set free and you have authority. Remind him of this day. I mean, write it down. No, 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 I'm not going to receive this. On January 21st, 2024, I got set free from that. And stand your ground. Stand your ground and don't let yourself for one second be convinced that you didn't get set free of what you just got set free from. That's a good word. Take it. Hold on to it. Don't let go of it. Man, anxiety is crippling. I, think, I feel like it's at an all-time high in, in the world. I mean, you got news at your fingertips. You're, you're getting bad news all day from a million news sources. Man, we used to probably at least just get like local stuff first, and then maybe in the morning paper you could read world news. But now, I mean, we have a chance to just carry the weight of the world on our shoulders 24-7 simply by knowing things that are going on. It's not, I'm not saying don't be informed. I'm saying it's more important now than ever to face everything with the word and to look at everything with the word and to respond to everything with who you are in the spirit rather than taking it upon yourself. Remember, if you're carrying a heavy burden, the Bible says, Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. If you're carrying a heavy burden, it's not one you're meant to carry. We can make a difference and we can pray 
and, and when we can make a difference in society for the best and not carry that burden on ourselves. We can carry the burden of Jesus. We can make a difference, but still be walking light. So don't let the enemy lie to you. Call it out as a lie. When something hits the light, it loses power. Even as an adult, if you're scared of the shadows, you turn the light on, the fear goes away as soon as it hits the light. Call it out for what it is. It's not a lack of faith to say I'm facing anxiety. Some people say, I'm not even going to say it out loud. No, it's all right. Say it. I'm facing anxiety right now. But respond and say the truth as well. But thank you, Jesus, I've been set free. Thank you, Lord, that I've not been given a spirit of this fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Anxiety, you have to go. Speak to it. Jesus said, speak to the mountain. It'll be removed and cast into the sea. Yeah. Speak yeah. to it like it's, a, like, it's a, like it's a thing, like it's an entity. Get out of here, anxiety. Go. You can do it. You can do it because you got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You got the presence of God surrounding you, and you are filled with power. Amen? Awesome. Awesome, awesome. House of Joy, part three, not ghost house. What somebody said, that was a ghost house. That's the Holy Ghost house of joy. <laughs> so we've talked about Walking and operating in joy for the last two weeks. We were in Psalm chapter 1, and two weeks ago, we read from the first verse of Psalm chapter 1 that even as believers, if we think like the world, we'll act like the world, and we will get results that the world gets. And our joy will be based on what the world's joy is based on. It comes, it goes, it's here when everything's going right. However, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the sinners, sit with the mockers, eat with it. So when we, when we think differently, but, we, but the joy is, oh, the joys of the one who meditates on the word of God day and night. He's like a tree. She's like a tree planted by the water, bearing fruit every season, and everything they do, they prosper. So when we think and base our actions out of what the word says and who we are in the spirit, when we think like who we are in the spirit, we'll act like it. We'll get the result of it. We will be building for ourselves, for our family, a dwelling place, a house of joy at all times, in all seasons. It's a good word. Go listen to those two messages. Today, I want to focus on a verse in Proverbs, a passage from Proverbs that talks about how we can apply wisdom to our life. And when we apply wisdom to our life and walk in it, operate in it, you will be in peace, is what this verse says. And just like we talked about in Advent, when you are operating and living in peace internally and externally, you then have the capacity to experience and operate in joy. It's hard to be joyful when you got the anxious thoughts running wild. It's hard to be joyful when you're not living in peace. It's hard to be joyful when you don't or aren't experiencing security. Whether that's eternal security, if you're not experiencing eternal security, if you don't know for a fact that if today was your last day on earth, you'd be in heaven, I don't know how you could walk in joy. How could you walk in joy knowing that I'll have a decent 70, 80 years here on earth, maybe more, hopefully more, and then for eternity I'll be separated from God. I don't know how you could walk in joy. Beyond, and, and, and beyond eternal security, according to this passage, we can walk in security every day of our lives, even while we're here. And then the capacity for joy increases in your life so 
much. So here's, here's the good news, and here's the intro. I want you to listen to this, Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 through 33, right? It's a big chunk of, of Scripture, but I'm going to read it, then we're going to break down some of it. But here's kind of a, here's the first thing I want you to, to, to get from this. Just be thinking about this as we read it. Wisdom is trying to get your attention loudly. Wisdom is not trying to hide from you, right? It's not for a believer. It doesn't have to be hard or challenging to be wiser to walk in wisdom, right? It's a, wisdom wants you to be wise more than you want to be wise, right? So let's, let's read this passage from Proverbs. Wisdom shouts in the streets. If I need to be heard really badly, might as well just go ahead and shout it out, right? If you got one chance, shout it out. Wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along the main street to those gathered in front of the city gate. How long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Come and listen to my counsel. I share my heart with you and make you wise. I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. So I will laugh when you are in trouble. I'll mock you when disaster overtakes you. Man, that's pretty harsh. I'll mock you when disaster overtakes you, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster engulfs you like a cyclone. Somebody internally, you're saying, uh, okay, I relate to this. I am being engulfed in disaster right now in my day today, all right? So it doesn't sound too hopeful at this point. Right now, it sounds like wisdom is just sitting in the corner mocking you, right? Hold on, hold on to your horses. It's called the good news for a reason, right? When disaster engulfs you, like an anguish, distress overwhelm you. When they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. For they hated knowledge and chose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice and paid no attention when I corrected them. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, choking on their own schemes. For simpletons turn away from me to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear or uh, fear of harm. So wisdom is not hiding from you. In fact, wisdom is standing in the busiest part of the city in the public part of the city, shouting loudly, listen to my words. If you don't listen, it's kind of on you, right? And maybe you're somebody saying amen to that. I haven't listened, right? I don't know. It might be you, but just hold on. I got a few encouraging things I want to speak over you and speak to you from this passage and from a few more. Three, three different encouraging things we're going to take from this. Three encouragements. I want to start off by saying this, this last verse, all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. That is not just any old type of peace. I've been breaking down all these scriptures lately from their original language. We, I think we might have this word to put up there, but that word peace is this word. Uh, it starts with a B, B talk, big talk or whatever. Uh, here's what it means. Properly, it's a place of refuge. Abstractly, it means safety, both the facts of security and the feeling of trust. That word peace means and carries within itself the fact of having security and the feeling of having peace. So it's not just either or. It's not saying if you listen to wisdom, you will have peace because you'll be secure physically. You'll have a, a savings account and if an emergency comes your way, you'll have this or that. That is physical security. That's covered in this. If you listen to wisdom, you will have the physical security of knowing you are safe and taken care of. However, it also means the feeling of trust or the feeling of peace. 
Obviously, those two things go hand in hand, but they are also pretty different because you can be a fool and feel a feeling of peace, but not be physically secure, right? You might be a foolish person that thinks, oh, everything is good. Nothing ever changes. Uh, the world's in great shape and nothing challenging is ever going to come our way. Well, that'd be a foolish reason to feel peace, right? The truth is you're faced with challenges, some of us daily, most of us daily. You will be faced with more challenges, but you have the Word of God within you at your fingertips. If it's not within you, you have a chance to start getting it there. It's important. And then, no matter what comes your way, yes, real security, but also this internal peace. It's both. It's not one without the other, but it's both. And it starts with listening to wisdom who, this is the first encouragement for you. It's not trying to hide. It's easy to find. Wisdom is shouting loudly. Don't be afraid of missing it. And don't be afraid that you missed it. Wisdom, this whole verse starts off with these words. She cries out in the public square, not the private zone, not where all the Christians even hang out, not this zone or not, not that place. No, wisdom is just in the public square crying out for anyone who will listen. She calls to the crowds along the main street, not the little street, not the one in the corner, not the alleyway, the main street. Wisdom's out on Franklin Boulevard, in front of Walmart, right? This is Gastonia, right? Wisdom is out there in front of Walmart, just screaming, listen, listen, listen. Screaming to those gathered in front of the city gate. The most trafficked, the most busy part of the city. How long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? So what we get here is wisdom, which we're going to get to this in a second. In the Old Testament especially, wisdom uh, represents Jesus. It represents Jesus, or, or rather, uh, the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says that who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? We understand these things. We have the mind of Christ. There is no more wisdom than the wisdom found in the mind of Christ, which is inside of every believer resident in your spirit. Some of us are praying, asking the Lord for wisdom. Lord, just make me wise. Give me wisdom on this situation. And man, what a useless prayer. That's a useless prayer. There are such things as useless prayers. That's a useless prayer. You've already been made wise. There is a part of you that holds the exact same mind of Christ that the Holy Spirit has within, the, within himself. So here we go. Wisdom is saying, it's not me making you simple. It's not me withholding you. How long will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you hate knowledge? You don't have to. It's up to you to make a different choice. Come, listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. Man, this starts at the very moment of salvation. Salvation, I, I, you were a sinner at one point. You were a sinner at one point without the knowledge of a Savior, but you had an encounter with the Lord. And wisdom, Jesus, the Holy Spirit said, you need me, you need a Savior. And at one point, if you have Jesus in your heart, if you have received him as your savior, you said yes to wisdom. 
and receive an eternal security and the peace that goes along with that. So you've experienced this in some way, but this doesn't just stop at salvation. Wisdom is crying out to you to pay attention and apply it to every situation. You don't have to choose. It's not like, well, I've already prayed. I've already sought the Lord. I've already used his answers three times today. I better give that a break. No, every time you have a choice to make, you can choose to listen to wisdom, which is not withholding, which is speaking loudly. You can find it on these pages. You can hear it in the voice of a friend who loves the Lord. You can hear it in the voice of counsel. Like I was talking to these kids, you can hear the voice of God within yourself. He will answer you. Most of us just don't get quiet and still enough to hear the still small voice of God. And don't forget the story in the Bible. His voice wasn't in the rain. It wasn't in the wind. It wasn't in the hurricane. It was a still small whisper. I would love to hear the voice of God out loud like my mother-in-law who will be here next week did 30 years ago when she heard a voice out loud say, who's going to go to these nations? She heard that. I'm jealous, right? I wish I would. I've never heard the voice of God out loud like that though. But really, there should be no difference in hearing his voice out loud and just reading it off of these pages. There should be no voice in hearing, there should be no difference in hearing his voice out loud and hearing and being confident that that still small voice on the inside is him, wisdom himself, who was here before the foundations of the earth, speaking to you gently, quietly. You got to get quiet enough, you got to get still enough to hear his voice. Lisa and I, I don't know if you guys know this, some of you probably know this, but a few weeks ago we were in a wreck. We were stopped at a stoplight and uh, this, this lady, I don't even think she hit her brakes. She just can't, hit right in the back of our, our car, full speed. Nobody was hurt, thank God. But I mean, it was pretty bad. Our airbags went off, our car was totaled and uh, it, was, it was a lot of damage, right? But you know, a year ago, uh, this, we were driving a bit of an older car, but the engine in our uh, Hyundai, Sonata had been replaced just like 50,000 miles ago. So even though it was an older car, it was a really good car. The engine was great. Well, being an older car, we get this red light about a year ago on our dashboard. My father-in-law taught me a long time ago. If it's orange, you need to pay attention to it. Figure it out, right? But if it's red, you need to figure it out right now, right? That's something you have to pay attention to in the moment. So we get a red airbag light. I looked it up and it meant the airbag was malfunctioning. And it's like a year ago, this car's older. Uh, and, and I called uh, Hyundai, who has to replace this sort of thing. And the guy on the phone is like, listen, you're not gonna want me to do that. This is an expensive fix, like a really expensive fix. We gotta replace your whole passenger seat. We gotta find one first. This is a big one. But you know, I prayed about it and everything inside of me wanted to say, you're right, no thank you, we'll just drive safely, right? But there was something on the inside of me that said, pay the money for the airbag. You know, money is never an issue with the Lord, right? It's an issue for us, but money is not an issue with the Lord. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He doesn't even use our world system of currency. He does not get nervous when someone says, hey, it's an expensive fix. He doesn't respond like we do in our flesh. I heard the voice of wisdom on the inside of me say, hey, what if your kids are driving that car? What if you're driving that car? What if something happens? You need an airbag. So even though they didn't want to do it themselves, they did this. I paid them for it. And I'm thankful a year later, we had an airbag because instead of Lisa's head being against our dashboard or our windshield, there was an airbag there. It was a blessing. Now, I'm not saying that like it was the Lord's will we got in a wreck, but I am saying he sees the end from the beginning. He knew it was going to happen, right? 
I'm sure it could have been prevented. I don't know how all that works. All I know is that I'm glad we got the airbag. I'm glad we listened to the voice of wisdom. We weren't terrified in the moment. We weren't, this, this situation wasn't worse. We weren't sitting there waiting and praying for a miracle because somebody got a bad head injury. We were thankful that a year before, we listened to wisdom shouting in the street. And there was security because of it, and there was a feeling of peace. As soon as we got out of the car and realized nobody was hurt, we were just laughing, just goofing off on the corner of Armstrong Park Road, goofing off and laughing. And uh, first thing we were laughing at was I've never been in a car where the airbags went off and there's, I guess it uses uh, gas, I think. And so there's like smoke and there's, uh, it looks like smoke and it smells like smoke. And as soon as, as soon as uh, the airbags went off, Lisa just screams, the car's on fire! And Judah opened the back door and jumped out into traffic as fast as he could. It was probably more dangerous than the wreck. Uh, when we realized the car wasn't on fire, everybody was okay. Uh, there was so much peace and security, but it was the voice of wisdom. You know, Joseph listened to the voice of wisdom when Pharaoh had a dream that there was going to be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. He could have just been like, oh, enjoy the next seven years because seven years after that are going to be tough. No, he listened to the voice of wisdom. He said, I know there's a famine coming. What we're going to do is we're going to store up every bit of grain we can for these next seven years so that when this famine comes, we'll have enough for our people to not starve to death. And you know, the word says what you put your hands to will prosper. During those seven years when Joseph put his hand to storing up grain, they had a bumper crop every year. So the Lord blessed the harvest even more as Joseph put his hand to preparation. I mean, you might be looking at your paycheck right now, thinking about preparation. You think, well, it sure would be nice to have a little bit of money to put in a savings account. It might be nice to have a little bit of cash to put in a 401k or to put in a Roth IRA or something. And you don't see how there's an answer. Put your hand to something. Man, there's nothing too small. When you put your hand to something, the Lord blesses it. Take $5 and start a savings account. I don't know. Take $5 and start a, a Roth IRA. Might have to be more than that for that. Either way, take something, put your hands to it, but watch the Lord bless you with a bumper crop. What you put your hands to, you will see prosper. Listen to the voice of wisdom. Listen, I'm not speaking a curse over you. Jesus himself said, in this world, you will have trouble. But I always say this, sometimes you stop, it don't sound like good news. So don't stop, keep going. And you'll eventually find the good news. In this world, you will have trouble, but fear not. I've overcome this world. You're going to have trouble. Things are going to come your way. It's not the Lord sending trouble. We live in a world filled with trouble. We got an enemy who's a troublemaker. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But we can prepare. We can prepare physically. We can prepare spiritually by knowing the word, knowing how to respond when he shows up. Put your hand to something. You will prosper. Wisdom is not hard to find. Wisdom is shouting loudly in the street. So that's your first encouragement. Wisdom is shouting loudly. Don't be afraid of missing it. This is from Proverbs. Start in Proverbs. Apply the principles in Proverbs to your life. They are still really good. They're still awesome. Here's your second encouragement. If you really relate to this middle section, let's read it. Wisdom talking here. I called you so often, but you didn't come. 
I reached out to you, but you were playing video games. No, I'm sorry. It says you paid no attention. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. So I will laugh when you are in trouble. I'll mock when disaster overtakes you. If you're hearing this and you're like, all right, I relate to this. Though they anxiously search for me, you won't find me. You hated knowledge. You chose not to fear the Lord. If this is relating to you, if you're like, okay, I, 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 this is hitting close to home. I'm in the middle of a situation right now because years ago or last week or this morning, I didn't listen to the voice of wisdom, right? You, every one of us probably can relate to this at least a little bit. I relate. I am in situations because I didn't listen to the voice of wisdom that was shouting loudly. There's still encouragement for you. Hebrews 4.16, you have to remember that this proverb was written from an Old Testament mindset and under an Old Testament covenant. Here's what wisdom is saying. You can't find me in the moment. I am something you have to find ahead of time and apply. Can you use wisdom in the moment? Yes. She's also saying here, you can find me and you can start right now making different choices. But in the moment that you're struggling, in the moment you're in a situation because you didn't use wisdom, you're going to wish you had listened. And I wish you had listened as well, but there's an encouragement for you because you're not under an old covenant. You're not under an Old Testament faith even. You're a believer, New Testament believer, filled with the Holy Ghost. And Hebrews 4.16 was written for you. It says, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. We will find grace to help us when we need it most. Here's how I would, this is, this is what that means as opposed to what some people think. You'll find grace in the time of need. I, I think it'd be cool personally, if there was like a spiritual bank account that was filled with like this much grace and you're facing a challenge and you could go make a withdrawal. I have enough grace to cover that. I'm going to go withdraw this much from my account that's filled with grace. I know this grace will cover that. Now, the one truth here is that you have an account filled with so much grace, you could never use it all. The thing about it is you have to walk by faith and not by sight. So you don't have an account you can look at and say, I have 100 meters of grace left. And this, this moment only needs 10 meters of grace. I'll go make a withdrawal. No, you walk by faith and not by sight, which means in the moment when you're facing a challenge, when maybe you're in a situation that is you're in it because you didn't listen to the voice of wisdom, you didn't apply it, you have to trust that there's grace for your time of need and enough for your time of need. Mercy from God, and you will find grace to help you when you need it most. So when you don't have the strength to keep going, you remember the word that says, in the moment you need it, you'll find the grace, and you just take a step. You just take another step forward. All of a sudden, you've taken a step. Then you take another one, and you find the grace for that. That's the good news, and that's the encouragement for those of us who really relate to the middle section of you're going to find trouble and you're going to find it because you didn't listen to me. You're going to be in a situation that's your own doing. I tried to help you avoid it, but you are there 
Again, you're a New Testament believer, and Romans 8, 28 was written for you, that it says that God will work all things together for the good of those who are in Christ Jesus and called according to his purposes. If you're a believer, you're in Christ Jesus. If you're a believer, you're called according to his purposes. You got to partner with the Holy Spirit. You have to start listening to the voice of wisdom right now in this moment and just watch God turn this around for your good. Just watch him turn a layoff around for your good. Just watch him turn a slow season at your company around for your good. Watch him turn a mistake that you've made around for your good. How's he do it? I don't know, but he's God. He knows. He knows how to do it all. He can navigate your life better than you could ever navigate your own life. He has seen the end from the beginning. I would much rather rely on him and lean on his understanding rather than my own. And that's our choice that you have. And here's your third encouragement. It's never too late. It's never too late if you're 13 years old and you think I'm going to start applying wisdom to my life. It's not too late if you're 90 years old. It's not too late to start applying wisdom to your life. It's not too late if everything is going good and everything is right and you're like, oh, I've done really good these past 10 years. I've applied wisdom. I've listened to I'm in a great situation. You're going to need to keep on doing it. And it's not too late if you're in the middle of the hard stuff. If you're in the middle of some things, even of your own doing, it's not too late. Verses 32 and 33 of this same Proverbs, you simpletons turn away from me to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency, but all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear or harm. Are you an all? Raise your hand if you're an all. There's more alls in here than just raise their hands. Well, it's one more time. Raise your hand if you're an all. There we go. That's a few more. You are in all. All who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear or harm. If you're still breathing, it's not too late. It's not too late. We have a God who believes in restoration more than you believe in restoration. We have a God who wants to restore more than you want to be restored. We have a God who wants you to walk in joy and in love and in righteousness and peace more than you want to walk in these things. That's why wisdom is shouting so loudly. And, and I don't know, I kind of get this picture of God saying, shout louder, do like, like be louder, go into the streets even more. I mean, speak louder. All we have to do is listen. You are in all. I'm in all. Isaiah 35, 6 is one of my favorite verses. This is from the Passion Translation. The lame will leap like a playful deer, and the tongue-tied will sing songs of triumph. Gushing water will spring up in the wilderness. Streams will flow through the desert. The lame will leap like a playful deer. Deer start moving faster when they leap over obstacles. They pick up momentum on the way down and get to where they're going even quicker because of obstacles. It's pretty awesome, and I'm telling you the Holy Spirit knew that when he inspired Isaiah to write these verses. When you're faced with challenges, even when they are from your own doing, apply wisdom right now in this moment and maybe you can't possibly see how this could turn around in any sort of uh, quickly, right? Uh, there's just no way. This is going to take me years to get out of this debt. This is going to take years to fix this relationship. This is going to take years to fix whatever I messed up. You're filled with the mind of Christ, and your own mind is 
pretty far behind. What we can't figure out, God already has a path. He's already making streams in the desert, gushing water in the wilderness. He's making uh, the tongue-tied person's tongue loose to speak his words. He's already got a way where you don't see a way. You see a desert, he sees streams of living water. You see something blocking your path, he sees a mountain being removed and cast into the sea. You see an enemy, well, according to David, he sees a footstool. That's a comfortable thing, right? When I put my feet up this afternoon and watch football, that's a comfortable position. I'm going to be chilled out. I'm going to turn my brain off, and I'm going to watch a couple hours of these giant men just beating each other and throwing a ball around the field. It's going to be great. It's the playoffs. It's going to be nice. It's going to be fun. I think the Lions are going to win this afternoon. And I think, and I think the Chiefs are going to win tonight. I just never count Patrick Mahomes out in the playoffs. Listen, John, I want the Bills to win. I want them to win. Patrick Mahomes is just weird. He just doesn't lose much. But when you prop your feet up, that's a comfortable place. You understand, like, we see an enemy in front of us, and God's like, oh, this is a great chance to make you a little more comfortable. He doesn't think like us in the natural. But you are more than who you are in the natural. And your mind is more than what it is in the natural. And that same mind that sees streams in the desert that sees enemies becoming a footstool, that sees the obstacle and says, oh, you're going to leap over this and pick up even more momentum. That mind is within you. That's the truth. That's the wisdom you have because you're a believer. You know, if you read even Old Testament stories, like the story of Joseph, I already mentioned that once. And, you know, I don't believe, I could be wrong here. Maybe one day the Lord will say like, hey, you were wrong about Joseph. But I, I find it hard to believe that he had these dreams as a kid where his brothers, his family, I'm not going to get into all the details, but he basically had dreams that they were all bowing down to him, right? He was the youngest of these brothers. They were kind of a rough group. And for whatever reason, he walks right up to him and he's like, hey, one day you're going to bow down to me. I had a dream from God. And they're like, no, listen, you're the runt of the litter. We are not going to bow down to you. It didn't make it better that he was his dad's favorite, had a special coat on of many colors that had him set apart as, hey, my dad likes me better than all of you. And then he goes and runs what appears to me to be a big mouth, right? Now, again, that's what I'm saying I might be wrong about. Maybe one day the Lord will say, no, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. But part of me feels like he might have made his path a little bit harder right? Part of me wonders, did he have to get sold into slavery? Did he have to get thrown in that pit? I don't know. I don't know that he listened to the voice of wisdom when he went and ran his mouth over and over again to his brothers. I'll tell you one for sure. Moses uh, did not listen to the voice of wisdom when he murdered an Egyptian, right? He didn't. And, and in fact, I believe he could have set his people free earlier and from the inside, he was called to be the deliverer, and then he went and took matters into his own hands and murdered an Egyptian. He lost all the power that he was set up with. He lost everything. He ends up in the wilderness, probably thinking like the middle section of this proverb, I didn't listen to the voice of wisdom. I made a mistake, and now I'm paying the price for it, and my entire nation of people are paying the price for it because where they could be set free right now, they're still living as slaves. However, it wasn't too late for Moses. The voice of wisdom was speaking to him from a burning bush. Again, not hard to find. 
Again, not trying to hide. Again, not trying to be quiet. From a burning bush, the voice of wisdom said, now it's time. And even though he made mistakes, he listened. And even when it looked like in the natural, it was too late, it wasn't. He walked back in and he set the people free. That's still the same God that you and I serve. You're being prepared ahead of time before you even know it in some cases. David was just a boy in his father's fields and a bear and a lion came against the flock and the voice of wisdom, this sounds like the opposite to me because the voice of wisdom didn't say run. The voice of wisdom said, uh, actually do run, but run towards the lion, run towards the bear, get that sheep, get that lamb free from their jaws. And this is the part I like, and then club them. He literally clubbed a lion and a bear and saved sheep from their jaws. He listened to wisdom. What he didn't know was that it was preparing him for the day he'd stand in front of Goliath. Prepared. And there's, there's even more wisdom even in, in uh, what seemed, I love the story. There's so much in the story of David. Do you know he had five stones? Do you think for one second David thought it's going to take five stones to take Goliath down? If it was going to take five stones to take Goliath down, he's going to be in trouble because the giant could run, the giant could walk, the giant had a sword. Goliath had four brothers. That's pretty cool. You get that there in the story right before you read about Goliath. He was a giant. He had four brothers who were giants. David had one stone for each of them. If I take Goliath down, those boys might be mad. I'll just take them all down. He didn't have to use it, but he was ready. He was prepared because he listened to the voice of wisdom. The voice of wisdom will have you prepared for things you don't even know you're supposed to be prepared for. So here's your encouragement number three. It's never too early and it's never too late to start listening to the voice of wisdom, it will prepare you for the things that are coming towards you. And there's a lot of good coming towards you. There's a lot of good things coming towards you because you're a believer. Amen. You live in the kingdom of God. We are in the kingdom of God, yet we are of the kingdom of God, yet we live in this world. Because of this world, Jesus himself said, there's also trouble coming towards you. But fear not, you don't have to be afraid of it. The voice of wisdom is screaming loudly trying to tell you what to do, how to prepare. And when you apply it, that word, peace, not only will you experience the physical, the physical truth of I am secure, my family is secure, we are safe, but also the internal feeling of peace and trust. Man, that's good news. Could there be anything better than just knowing I'm secure and on the inside experiencing that peace that goes along with it. It will give you more capacity to operate from joy than any other time in your life. You don't have to be, joy does not have to be absent in your life. It doesn't have to go when the challenges come your way. Wisdom is shouting loud saying, I'll show you how to prepare right now before you even know what you're preparing for. That's really good news, right? What a good day we've had. I'm going to invite the band up. Listen, I believe this word, you got you to you dwell on it. You got to marinate on it. You got to let it be planted in your heart. I'll, I say this periodically, but if you reach out to me, I'll send you my notes. You can read over this a couple of times this week if you'd like. We were reading from Proverbs chapter one. So you could also just read Proverbs chapter one and get your own revelation of it. But dwell on this. Ask the Lord where you are, where you have, ignored the voice of wisdom and he'll tell you right just like we were talking to these kids he'll tell you he'll speak to you it might sound like your own thoughts but let me tell you your thoughts can be filled with the truth of the word and that can be his voice speaking to you if you recognize it
Thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand together. Let's respond with a few minutes of worship. Then I'll have our prayer ministers come up. But Father, we love you so much. We are grateful that Jesus, Jesus is perfect wisdom. And you told us in 1 Corinthians that his mind is within us the second we believe. Man, if you don't have a revelation on that, I want you to get a revelation on that. Some of you might be asking, what does that mean? His mind is on the inside of us. Well, your, your brain, your thoughts, you know, if you're a believer, you know that's not the only thing inside of you. You learn in Sunday school, where does Jesus live? In my heart. You have the spirit of God on the inside of you and within his spirit. It's not your brain. Within his spirit is his mind. And just like we are called for our salvation to influence our actions, right? We're not all perfect because we're saved, but part of being a believer is letting our salvation influence our actions. It's the same with our mind. We have our own thoughts, but as a believer, we can allow God's thoughts to influence our own. It starts with knowing what the word says. It starts with listening. But boy, he's so good. Lord, we thank you that you're not withholding wisdom. We thank you that you're not withholding from us. You want every part of us and we want every part of you. Thank you for who you are and what you're saying to us. I thank you that today, every one of us in here, because we are all a part of that all, all who listen to my voice will have peace and security. And we know when we operate in peace, the capacity for joy hits a new roof. We're so thankful that we can live in a house of joy at all times. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship for a few moments, then I'll have our prayer ministers come up.